Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bad Steam Podcast. It's Vanessa here, where we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. And today, we have an amazing guest where we're having a conversation about STDs. Hey, hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Do you mind introducing yourself and telling us who you are? Well, my name is Nakia Outland. I'm from Philadelphia. I am a social worker, and I'm also an HIV prevention um, navigator in Philadelphia. I own my own business, Prevention is Key, which is a sexual health consulting business where I go out and I train and I talk about everything sex. I do not. My mission is to have sex not be taboo. Yes. People can talk about sex and sexuality because we are sexual beings and try to get out of that narrative of being black and being overly sexual and let them and claim it. Yes. Claim it that we can be sexual beings. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm coming to Philly. I'm coming to. We're like two. We're like what? Two and a half hours away. I'm in Baltimore. So yes, I'm excited about that. Yes. So how did you get started or interested in your work before we jump into our STD talk? Well, I actually got started about seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I primarily work in HIV and AIDS. And once medication started, you know, getting better for people with HIV and AIDS, I noticed that more and more of my clients started coming in and talking about, hey, Nakia, you know, I met this guy or I met this girl. And, you know, I'm really afraid to tell them that I have HIV and AIDS and, you know, I think I'm ready to have sex. And normally for a social worker or a case manager that work in HIV and AIDS, you know, is always here, use this condom. That's the end of the conversation. Right. But my clients were more comfortable talking to me about, hey, you know, I haven't had sex since this diagnosis or I had sex and, you know, my partner left me. Like, how do I reintroduce this? Mm. And I noticed that during this, I wasn't getting the support or it was limited within my day job. Mm. So I decided to just come out and start my own business and just talk about sex, regardless of, you know, your STI, STD status, Mm -hmm. just talk about it and be open and honest. So, you know, make it plain for everybody. Although there are um, certain fears and vulnerabilities with someone that has STIs or STDs for other than people that that do not have them. So that's how I got started. And that's how prevention is key got started. And like I said, I'm a sexual health consultant business, but the backdrop to that is always prevention, like how to protect yourself all the time. Yes, yes, yes. So we're talking about, and I think you alluded to it, we're talking about STDs, STIs, and dating specifically. Um, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to broach this topic is, as you know, both you and I as being um, sexual health educators, in teaching about STDs, it's very like, here's an STD or sexually transmitted disease. And you got to wear a condom and you got to do this and you got to do that. And what I started to realize is, one, it turns into stigma and fear. Two, it also, what started happening for me when I started really looking at stats, I'm like, wait, if we have HPV being the most common STD if we are and herpes, if we're having if we're having this many people with chlamydia and gonorrhea and all these different STDs, it's inevitable that in our lives we're going to know, love, have sex, um, be intimate, whatever, um, cross the street (laughs) across from someone who has an STD. And so as much as we want to stigmatize, like with the numbers that are out here, it's inevitable that, that any of these things will happen. And are we going to just like, not date are we just not going to to have sex are we going to just close ourselves off and not have this conversation about really honestly truly in this lifetime we will all of these things can and will happen so I started really walking away from you know this scare tactic STD prevention talk and really just talking through like what are some ways that we can get tested with our partners what are some ways that we can broach this conversation. And I wanted to have you on because 
I feel like a lot of us are, are, are dating. We're navigating out here. We're navigating folks that we love that may have STDs. We may be folks with STDs who want to get out there, but feel scared and don't know how to bring up the topic. So to jump into it, can you give us an overview of what an STD or STI is? What's the difference? And yeah, so that's a so that's a great start. So you know, um, STI and STDs is like a is a new term that came out, and they created STI and STDs, um, the acronym, um, to take some of the shame and to take some of the stigma away from people who had um, sexually transmitted diseases mm. um, is what they said in the back that's in the in the past that's where STD came from but as we all know um, as before STDs it was VD venereal disease and that held so much stigma and shame throughout the years they developed oh, yes. the terms like I said STI and STD so a STI is a sexually transmitted infection and the STD is a sexually transmitted disease. Now, they're one and the same, but they just differ a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, STI means that an individual has an infection, but, but has not yet developed the disease. So, for example, to put it in, um, in, a, in a little bit of terms is that um, chlamydia. If you have chlamydia for a long time, that developed into PID, which is pelvic inflammatory disease. So if you take that into what I just said, the right. actual STI is chlamydia, and then later, if it doesn't get treated, it develops into PID, the disease, oh. which now will make it you having an STD instead of an STI. And the same thing goes for um, um, for like HPV. Um, you can have HPV, but then later on, if it develops into any type of cancer, mm -hmm. now it's considered an STD. Um, so that's, that's just a little difference, but I use them interchangeably with, with my clients or mm -hmm. with my audience when I'm speaking because it still hasn't really caught on the idea that STI, STD are different that yeah. way. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, believe it or not, don't even know what STIs are. They still use the term STD in, in, in outside of the health community. Yes. They still use STD a lot. So when I introduce the word STI, they're like, what is that, Nakia? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's an STD. Yeah. And they're like, oh, so why didn't you just say that? And I'm like, and I go through the whole, well, it was created to create shame. And they're like, well, look, if you have it, you have it. You know, and then I have some older clients that's just like, I'm not using either one of them. Right. It's VD to me. So it's it depends on who's in front of me and who I'm talking to. Um, I do use all the terms interchangeably because I want whoever I'm speaking with to feel comfortable with the language. I don't want them to feel like whatever I'm saying is over their head. Right. And like I said, the usage of STI is becoming the preferred term in the health world um, to, to, to take away that negative stigma of STD. Right. Um, I've even seen in some research that, um, and I apologize because I don't know the young the doctor's name, no, it's fine. but she's actually trying to create a new term called STID, which is sexually transmittable infections, infectious disease, which is a mouthful. Oh wow! But her yes, but her <laughs> premise behind that is basically why do we need these two split terms? Right. We can put them all together and then explain it all in one. Right. But one, but another thing that I wanted to point out is that STDs and STIs affect all people. And it's important for me to say that because I hear a lot of people say, well, and I'm just throwing a number out there, 80% of African-American people will get this. Mm -hmm. And why and why some things is more prevalent in people of color, right. STDs and STIs affect everyone. That's Ethnicity, right. gender, social, economic status, it affects everyone. Yep. And, and and I really think that's important for us to talk about because I think a lot of times, and, and I'm going to keep going back to people of color because I am a woman of color, right. um, is that, you know, it, a lot of that pressure is put on us. And, and the only time we get talked to about sex or sexuality is when we do come in um, for a disease or an infection. So, right. I mean, I really think that this topic is really important and as hard as the topic may be, especially when you get into dating and even just bringing the topic up, it's important to have with, with our population. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, first of all, you took me all the way back with VD before I 
We probably moving it further. The last time I heard VD, Good Times is like my favorite show. Yeah. The last time I heard VD is when JJ got VD and he went to the VD clinic. And so you 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 took me back with that one. You took me all the way back. So I, I think I prefer STDs a lot more now. Um Yes. But as far as just thinking about the scope and the popular or most common um STIs that are out there. They include HPV, human papillomavirus, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, HIV, and trick. And those are the most common in the United States. And I wanted to put that out there because I think oftentimes if we, you know, we get checked out and the doctor might come in and be like, hey, um, I, I want you to get tested for X or you, you have HPV for us to not get freaked out. And I think part of part of my mission is like normalizing and having a conversation. Cause like I said, the numbers, the scope, the, the, the breadth and depth of, you know, STIs are out there. It's inevitable that we are going to meet and love someone who has one or who, who may have had one. Yeah. So, um, exactly. I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there. So you, you started alluding yeah to some of some of the myths that are out there what what do you think are some some of the biggest myths and misconceptions when it comes to dating um folks with stds or stis i think some of the biggest myths and misconceptions is promiscuity you know having a lot of sexual partners Mm. and that the person had unprotected sex Mm. um and and why I think those are the biggest misconceptions out of everything is because I've known people who only had one partner and now they're living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Or I've known people that only had one partner and now they're living with herpes. Um, even unprotected sex, you know, yes, you can get a lot of the, the STIs that we mentioned by having unprotected sex, but also a lot of people don't know, and I'm going to speak in terms of like herpes because that's my experience in dating myself with, with, with people with herpes, yeah. is that her, you could get what's called hand herpes or finger herpes, mm. and you could get that. You know, if the the penis having person is wearing a condom, you don't know you're infected, and you go to just take the condom off with your hand, and let's say you have a little cut in your hand, that's open for that virus to get in your skin. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that when we're talking about stuff like this, we're talking about it in general, and not just putting shame again, not only on having or coming in for STI, but also on the person having more than one sexual partner or having unprotected sex, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that is the biggest myth and misconceptions that only people with a lot of sexual partners or only people that don't use protection are the ones walking around with STIs and STDs, and that's not, you know, all the way correct. Right, right, right. But those are my biggest ones that I think I, I run into a lot is, oh, I'm... I. I'm not, you know, I don't have a lot of sexual partners. I don't understand, mm, you know, right. you know, so, so those are my, those are my biggest ones. Um, if I had to choose another one with dating people is that I can't date because I have an STI or I can't have sex yes. because I have an STI. And again, that is not true. You know, the key to, to that is education and open communication, you know, and, and, and getting people away from that stigma of dating people with STIs. The key to that is, is truly education and open communication. Mm. Um, it's always that potential like to transmit if you do have an STI or STD. So giving that person the, the option, the chance is, is, is really key. Giving them the option to say, you know what, um, I think I'm going to I'm going to wait. I want to educate myself. Well, I need to think about mm. this. You know, giving them that space. They have they 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 have a right to have that space. You know, it, it, we need to get away from it, it, it being on on us that something is wrong with us if someone um, doesn't want to deal with us because we have an STI or STD or mm-hmm. in life in general if someone doesn't agree with something that we do, mm-hmm. that's their right. You know, and, and, and education is, is really, really, really key in communication. Definitely. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's just funny because you're, because you are segueing to all of my questions. 
Um, so how can, like, besides the education piece, for those folks who don't, who don't have an STD, how can we get away from the stigma of, of potentially dating folks with the STI or STD? I'm going to keep using them interchangeably. Right. Um, so if you don't have an STI or STD and you're thinking about dating someone with an STI and STD, I know you said you wanted to move away from education, but education is key. Mm-hmm. Just read up on what, and, and this is along the premise if the person even told you that they have one. Just read up on it and just know or seek a professional. Um, and I'm going to put in the caveat that Google is not always your friend. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people go and they try to Google everything. I just always say, please seek out a professional, talk through it with the professional. Um, a lot of people will steer you towards dating sites for people that have STDs, mm. um, that's dating someone that doesn't have STDs. And all of those sites are good um, because they're, they're giving people's experiences. However, everybody's experiences is not your experience or yeah. will not be your experience. So I always still say seek a professional and, and, and talk through it, how you're feeling. You know, again, it's always at risk that you can catch a STD or STI from someone. So working through that, what if I do decide to take this chance yeah. and I have sex with this person that has an STI or STD, you know, knowing beforehand that it is a risk that I may that I may get this STI or STD, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that I think is what builds up all that anxiety mm. in, 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 in a person. Right. Right. Definitely. So how can we introduce the conversation of having STD? I know you discussed having some personal experiences on your own. When do you think it should actually come up? I think that's one of the the big things that, that, I mean, when I train on STIs or I even train on things like HIV or, or, or sexual orientation, you know, you have folks in the audience that are just like, you need to tell me like right now, you need to tell me like, don't hide, you hiding stuff. Like, I can't believe it. And it's like, no, <laughs> just like anything else. When you meet somebody, it is not your business off break. I mean, I believe, I don't think it's your business off break to just, Boom. Hey, how you doing? My name's Vanessa and I had X, Y, and Z. Like, you don't do that with any other aspect of your life. So why wouldn't you think that this, the same thing applies? So yeah, when do you think this conversation or how, and how do we have the conversation? Because this is, it's hard. And for a lot of folks, this is, we can't even ask people to get tested. So more or less, (laughs) more or less, you know, talking about having a STD. How do we go about that? Well, how you go about talking about it, again, some some of the, the, the examples that you just gave can be true. We do have people that's up front and like, look, my name is Nakia. <laughs> I got X, Y, and Z. Right. That's it. But for some people, it's a little scarier. So you want to sort of have that conversation organically, you know, in terms of if you, if you are about to engage in sex, you know, talking around, hey, are we going to use protection? And, you know, and if someone says, well, you know, why do you need to use protection? That could be a fine time to bring it up. Hey, I, you know, I have a history of, of STIs and, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm just not sure and I, w- I want to use protection or I do have a STI and, I want to protect myself, but also protect you as well. So just having that organically uh, conversation. But I, I don't think that you should have it right in the midst of like when you know you're hot and heavy and and ready to have it because that's that's a really scary thing. But again, for some people that might be okay for them. But it's no right or wrong way, in my opinion, to do it. I know a lot of people. Um, I, when I also go out and train, bring this up. Well, I read in um a men's magazine or I read in Cosmo that, you know, there are do's and don'ts to doing this and it's only do's and don'ts to what and how you want to do it. Right. You know, you can't take face value of, like I said, a lot of them magazines, they poll people and see their experiences. You have to sometimes make your own experiences and see what's good to you. If you're having a really good conversation about how to protect yourself and whether y'all want to use protection, that may be the fine time to bring it up. Mm-hmm. But the conversation should ha- happen. Um, when you think that you're that you're going that moment that you feel that you want to become sexual with that person, or even if you want to kiss that person, because as we know, um, 
again, there are certain STIs such as herpes that sh- that that uh, that you can get orally. Mm. So you you want you want to bring you want to bring stuff up such as that you know gonorrhea chlamydia all of that you can get you, um, orally you mm-hmm. want to bring all of that up and 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 have all of that on the table at at, at first it can be scary and it can be vulnerable and I'm going to bring that up throughout this conversation a lot because. It, it is it is a vulnerable moment when you have to tell someone that you have an STI, mm. and again, because it's so stigmatized, um, it, it's really vulnerable for someone to to say it versus oh, I have diabetes, and you know I can't have that chocolate cake with you tonight, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to make it funny, but you know, you you want to you know. I wish that it was it was that simple. I wish it was that simple right. of like. When I'm talking to people and they're like, you know, I'm asking them, like, is it easy to just tell people, you know, that you do have diabetes or that you have hypertension? They're like, yeah, I leave my medicine out. But it's not that simple when you have to leave your, you know, Valtrex on your nightstand or, yeah. or, 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 or your, or Triumac, your HIV meds. Um, or even now, Truvada is you being used as an HIV prevention method prep, you know, to leave it out. People still hide stuff like that. Right. And it's it's just really disheartening to me, and uh, and uh, I mean I know this topic is, is 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 really real, and I was thinking about how to have it in a fun conversational way, but it's like it's still turning to be like ah, uh, you know, and I, I I just again me being a person in sexual health and have dated people that had to tell me that they had an STI or STD and. And it, 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 I, I can imagine how hard it was for them. But then I also think about were they more comfortable telling me because I work in this profession? Mm. So I actually had to think about that. Like, are they okay with telling me because they know that I that I, that I'm okay and I know the education behind it and that you know they can't that I that I know about this particular person had herpes, you know that that I know about herpes, you know? But what if I was sitting in front of them and I was not in this profession and I did not know anything about herpes? Sure. Would they have been so open and honest with me? Mm. And, and, and and I also think about how it is for women um, or vagina-having people versus yeah. men or penis-having people. Mm-hmm. You know, is it a difference? Is it easier for men to tell, to tell women um, or vagina-having people versus... Um, um, uh, penis having people telling, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it easier? Is it easier? And when I was trying to do some research to actually find out, a lot of the research actually said that, you know, it's easier for men to tell women that they have STIs versus women telling men. And, and that, that really sat there with me. Wait, and, say and, and that one I, more time. They said, again, Vanessa? I said, say that one more time. They said having a conversation with men having a conversation with women is easier. Yes. So the research actually said that men um, would tell women, you know, that they had STIs or STDs. But when it came to women telling men, it was harder for the women to do that. Huh. And women... and. It's very interesting, and men were not rejected as many times as the women were. A lot of men actually, a lot of men actually said, "Well, I'm afraid of getting a STI or STD." Versus the women were more sympathetic and were like, "Okay, we're going to talk through this, and I'm okay with it." And that was very interesting to me. Very, very interesting. I've never heard that before. I never. I don't think I ever thought about. I. I don't think I ever thought about it in that way at all oh wow so you talked about having partners who told you that they um that they that they had an std and and it sounded like they felt comfortable enough to tell you to tell you that what besides working in the field i know but what what tips and advice can you give us as far as like how to take in that information like the do's and the don'ts around that well, one thing what I did was I listened. You know, I didn't automatically bring up my education or my history because who wants to hear that in their time? You know, they're <laughs> telling you something that's vulnerable about them. So I listened to them and just let them talk and, you know, waited for them to respond. And this particular person asked me how I felt. 
And, you know, I told this individual that, you know what, I needed to think about it for a few minutes. Yeah. So I sat there, and we just sat in silence. We, and, mm. and, 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 and please, whoever listening, don't be afraid to sit in silence. Yeah. Even if it's a day, a couple hours, a week, don't be afraid to sit in silence. And we sat there for about a good 10 to 15 minutes in silence before I actually thought about it. And I said, you know, that's okay. That's fine. But that silence piece sometimes scares people. And, and, and I was okay with it because I needed to take it in. And again, as I said, even though I work in this field, you know, I was not expecting that to come out this individual's mouth. Mm-hmm especially having a 20-year history, and we've been sexual before. Right. But this is the first time that we were sexual, you know, as adults. Right. And and, and, and him, him explaining this to me that he had just found out within the last couple of years, um, and he had no idea who gave it to him, and, you know, just sitting there, it just looked like a relief to him to finally get it out mm. to someone he trusted. So we sat there in silence, and it was okay for me. Right. But had it not been okay for me, that would have been fine fine as well. Yeah. We did discuss that. You know, what would that have looked like if it was not okay for him? Right. If, and, you know, if I would have said, like, no, you know, I'm okay, you know, I don't want to take that chance. You know, but you're yeah. not going to sugarcoat it in any type of way. <laughs> I mean, I think that, I, I think the way that we, that we respond, like you're saying, is everything. I mean, I think if you were yelling, screaming, being accusatory, throwing things, then not so much, <laughs> right? And I think, and, and yeah. I think for me, like, something that matters the most to me in education and, and and teaching is that critical that critical thinking skill and also that that how to that how to do it skill because i think it's easy just like with anything when i'm teaching anything from like consent to this it's very easy to be like oh okay so you just going to ask them to go get tested that's not <laughs> easy it's not easy for a lot of people or with the consent it's like oh okay just ask them if they want to do this those conversations are not conversations that are very popular in our culture where no one ever sits us down to, to talk through and say, hey, okay, so this might happen. Here's how you want to handle this like a mature, respectful adult. Like the, mm-hmm. And I think also getting away from those, from those negative scripts, I think with anything, yeah. I think what we've been told and what we've been shown about quote, folks with STIs or STDs, it's, oh, they're trying to trick you. Oh, they're trying to spread it. Because the only stories that you hear are these ridiculous stories of, like, revenge. Like, revenge, I'm spreading spreading my my uh, STD because someone gave it to me and I want to give it to the world. Give it to the world. And it's like, that's the, that's the story that sticks instead of it being like, you know, like you were saying earlier, I was with someone, I trusted them. I got to like, I didn't ask the questions or they betrayed my trust or whatever could have happened. And instead of taking that as, all right, yeah, that's the story or those are different stories or different people's stories. We hear these very negative, you know, this person got it because they were being dirty. This person got it because they were Mm -hmm. thotting around. This person got it um, because you know, for whatever reasons, and now they just want to spread it to me, and now they want me to have the same thing that they have, when in a lot of ways, like, I have friends who have HIV, and to, like, I didn't I didn't really know how they broached those conversations. I've had friends be like, oh, girl, like, my man be asking me, like, for us to just do it. Like, fine. Like, it's not, it, for the folks that I know in my circle, it's just like, oh, it's it's no big deal. But for other people... And for how they operate and how their their social circle and all of that, it could be something that's very scary. And, scary. That, yeah. and that's why I I'm such a advocate of you you bring it up, you bring it up, of course, before you have sex, but bring it up when you feel comfortable before you have sex. Not not upon first, you know, if you want to do it upon like first meeting, that's cool. But I also think that when you feel safe, when you feel like this mm-hmm. person is going to um, treasure you and value you, if you feel like the person actually cares about you, then yes. I think a lot of times we as folks who 
you know, personally speaking, as folks who don't have an STI, for us to just be like, I want you to tell me right then and there. That's not fair for anything because who said I'm going to, who says that the, that you're sticking around? And so now this person shared something very intimate and private with you. Mm-hmm. And true. now you have something very intimate and private about them in your arsenal. And we don't know what you're going to do with that information. We don't know, like, if you're going to tell everyone, if you're going to stigmatize them further by telling their friends and family or outing them. And so I think, I think folks who don't have STDs have a lot of demands on folks, <laughs> on folks based on stigma yeah, themselves. Because they, they don't know what it's, they don't know what it's like. Right. And, you know, just to piggyback off of something you said, you know, it could be traumatizing when you have to keep telling someone over and over and over that you think that you trusted that you have some, something, right. you know, again, um, I have several friends too, um, that have HIV and, each time I got to hear a story like, oh, girl, you know, I, I finally broke down and I told this guy that, you know, I had HIV and then, you know, he left me, you know, and it, this narrative is over and over and over and right. over. And, you know, it's re-traumatizing my friend because, you know, when a, it's going to be a point where she's going to probably be like, you know what, I'm not going to tell him. Right. You know, I'm not going to tell him because I don't want to get hurt anymore. Right. You know, and and and. You know, I struggle, and I'm and I'm and, and and I'm very honest about my 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 professional and personal ethics and how they clash. Mm. Because a part of me, like you said in the beginning, it is oh, you know, I want to know up front. Give me a choice up front. Mm. But then a piece of me is like, you know what? I know people that's been so traumatized. That's right. By having to repeatedly tell someone, is that fair? Right. Right. Is that fair for them to constantly have to go through that because I am being selfish and I want to know, you know, and, and to bring it back, like, we don't start off by saying, hi, my name is Nakia, I have diabetes, you Right. Know? So what gives us the right to say, hi, my name is Nakia, I have, you know, gonorrhea, or I have right. chlamydia, or I have, so, so we're stigmatizing uh, you know, diseases yes. in general or infections in general. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're picking and choosing which ones are okay and which ones are, are you know, not okay. Right. You right. know? And, and it's, it's very hard, and it is a very fine line, and I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say, again, that I'm not one of those people that I want to know up front. Right. Because 9 out of 10, when you're dealing with me, it probably is going to get sexual. <laughs> so I want to know. I want, uh, you know, I want to know. Give me that chewy. Definitely. You know, and, 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 but I do recognize that it is hard. It is hard to bring it up. You know, no one wants to be rejected. No one wants to feel vulnerable, you know, um, and, and, and it is, it, it is, it's a very needed topic to discuss even beyond, you know, your podcast, uh, Vanessa, mm-hmm. you know, it, it needs to be discussed more in, in how to do it and rewrite that narrative, mm-hmm. um, as you were saying in the beginning of, of, um, of how, you know, it, it's only revenge. Like, I'm going to talk about this because you gave, someone gave me something, so I want to give it to everybody. You know, no, it is people out there living in healthy relationships, um, ha- healthy, happy relationships with, with STIs, whether one person has it, That's both right. have it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 and these are the stories that don't get told, you know, mm-hmm. or don't get told in our community, me and people of color. It, right. don't, it does not get told there. You know, and, 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 and we need we need to change that. And I'm hoping that having more people of color, sex educators, um, be more available to 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 our population and say, hey, we're here. You know, we talk about these issues. We dealt with these issues and, and it's going to be OK. Definitely. And I think I think something um, that we were talking about before we started recording was like I was saying to you. I wanted this perspective from someone who, you know, was out here dating and and living with a STI and, and unfortunately, of course, like I, I try and center my messaging center, my, you know, center a lot of what I do around folks of color for the same reasons, because we, we don't have all of the resources or platforms available to us to talk about these topics. And, 
when I started doing that Google search, when I started asking around, and I know I was asking for something that like we were just talking about, it's very vulnerable to talk about. And of course, I wanted to talk about it sensitively and have someone openly because part of what Vagisteam and the podcast is all about is having people share their stories. But I couldn't find and I mean, I could I, I, I was Googling, I was Googling, I was Googling, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was Googling for days. And I couldn't find someone that had a platform that I could see um, that was outwardly talking about this issue. And what I did notice was that there were a lot of white women talking about it. There was a lot of white women being interviewed saying like, hey, I have herpes and this is how I date. Or I have, you know, this, this, like whatever, gonorrhea. And this is the way that I brought it up to my partner. And I, and I wanted that. And this is not to say you were my second choice. Um, (laughs) but it was, I just wanted to provide that, that insight um, as well. And so I just, I feel I like that, that I guess experience led me to a couple conclusions, either, you know, we are so stigmatized as far as what STIs look like and what it looks like on a person to have them, like who that is, like, is that, is, am I going to be another stereotype if I come out and say that I have a STI? And also, mm-hmm. like we were just talking about, that vulnerability of coming out and saying, yo, I have an STI, I'm willing to come out here, show my face, show my voice, and and talk about it. I'm still exploring all of these nuances, but those were my two, you know, conclusions that, yo, we have a lot of work to do because I couldn't find, I could find people talking about uh, getting their coochie ate. I could talk, I could find somebody to talk about that, but I I could not, I could not find folks to talk about, talk about this. And I feel like all of these perspectives are really important, but I think it also says something when, when one group is, is very open in sharing their experiences to the point where they have websites and where they're yeah. like on Cosmo and they're talking about like, hey, this is our group interview and we're all talking about the different STIs that we have and how we still gain pleasure and how we protect ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm like, man, where is this, where is this at for women of color? Like, and you know, maybe mm-hmm. through having this first step conversation, it kind of opens a door um, to folks just, you know, being like, all right, like, you know, I can, I can share my story, even if it's not on this platform, but just being open and, and having more, like we were saying, courageous conversations around, around this topic. Yeah, but it is, uh, we, it's still work that needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, we do know that there are women of color out there with STIs. I mean, you can look at the statistics mm. until you blew in the face, right. but what is holding, I guess the question that you was alluding to is what is the difference? Why is it okay for white women or not, or women that are not of color to, to be so open to talk about it, mm-hmm. but yet it's still shameful for people of color, um, to talk about, yeah. like, what, like, what is that difference? Like, wh- why? You know, I even see it again with my, with my clients. It's so much easier for my, my white clients to come in and, and, and take PrEP. And again, PrEP is a pill that you take one time a day to prevent you from getting HIV. Mm-hmm. All of my white clients will come in and say, Nakia, you know what? I'm ready to take PrEP. It's my people of color that, and, 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 and again, look at statistically at the HIV rate among people of color. They come in and they no, I, I I've heard about it or I didn't hear about it, but I don't want it. I don't want to take that pill for that. Yeah, you know, this year alone, I had to tell two people under the age of eighteen that they were positive, yeah. and they started out on prep, but did not want to to take it anymore. Yeah, you know, and and it's once we get over that hurdle, I think that we have something. But again, why? Why is it? so hard for us to talk to talk about stuff like this and it's not hard for people that are not of color yeah um and i I, I hope that we can continue this conversation about that yeah i mean it's (laughs) i think that's that's the million dollar question um and it's 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 basically the reason why i created vagisteam so we can have a platform in the space to to talk I also think, I mean, I, 
we both know that we as folks of color have traumatized histories with the medical field with yeah. um with just period having quote our business out there and not knowing the intent um and not knowing where that information is going to end and the effects of that i think for the 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 white women that i've seen interviewed or having very broad platforms they have sources of income where it's like oh okay you want to fire me because i want to you know talk about my status or you want to talk about me because of this well then guess what i get to go start my own business i get to right i get to be freelance i get to do all these things that opportunities like that are not always afforded to folks of color to be able to to put yourself out there in so many different regards, which is why even in things that are less severe, like being the only person of color at the table, talking about a different issue, depending on what organization you work for and not really stepping up because you don't know where your voice is going to land. You You don't know if you're going to be stigmatized as the angry black woman. You don't know if you're going to be stigmatized Mm -hmm. so much where you get boxed out of meetings or you get fired. And so I think, just overall, sometimes when we do use our voices, depending on what, where that voice lands or who hears that voice, et cetera, it can lead, you know, we just don't know, we just don't know what the consequences of of that um, are. And so it's, we got work. We got, it's just so much work. It's so much history that has to be, uh, that has to be undone. And I don't, you know, I don't blame anyone for you know not you know just I, I tried to do the independent search I didn't want to just be like hey if someone has an STD like call me because like <laughs> I want to talk to you like I didn't feel like that was my place but I felt like if someone had like a platform already where they were discussing it then you know I was like oh let me see oh let me see what so-and-so's talking about or let me see what and I didn't really I didn't really find that and if I'm wrong like someone hit me up um, because, you know, I feel like that perspective is, is so needed and that voice matters. And like, we're, ta- like we're talking about, we're trying, I, like our goal is to destigmatize because again, why, why stigmatize something that is evolving? Like we know now with like gonorrhea, gonorrhea is going to start to become something that's not curable. It's just, it's literally what happens in our history. Like, we can't run away from disease. We can't run away from infections. And we, in in order to get away from that, it's the changing of the script. We got to change the way that we, that we view things. Just like HIV a long time ago was seen as a death sentence. And it's not. Like, we know friends. We got family who are living and thriving and surviving. And actually, I think you were talking about it just last week. I think the CDC put out a guidance where they were saying that it was like you, if you are undetectable, you can't spread HIV anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Undetectable viral load um, does not, it it means that you cannot spread the virus. Yeah. It's, so yeah. we, you know, so, science I mean, is out here. That like, goes like what you were saying. <laughs> science is out here. We learning, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna need people to just stop being vengeful, just, just trying to act like, oh, just you trying to ruin my life. Nah, nobody's trying to ruin your life, boo Like I'm trying to bring you up to speed, <laughs> so we can better yeah. protect ourselves. Yes, yes, and I mean, and, and 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 also to both ends of what you were saying, you know. A big piece of that, and I know you kept seeing it over and over throughout this podcast, but get tested. You know, even if you go by yourself, get tested. No, you know, use some type of barrier. Um, Learn how to protect yourself, you know, and and that's the, you know, best we could do, you know. Just just that that whole piece, like get tested, you know. It's a lot of people that don't know, and that's scary. Right. It's just a lot of people that do not know. Definitely. Bottom line. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We have. uh, So as far as getting tested, how, how would you introduce that conversation to a partner? What wording would you use? Got some role play going. 
Yes, well, how I introduce it may not be how I would see somebody else introduce it because I'm very, I'm very, I'm very vocal. I'm just like, look, when the last time you've been tested, you know, have you been tested? You know, I'm just right out there with it because I, you know, I want to know. But, you know, again, as we talked about, it's it's people out there that that's not that easy for them, for them to do that. And again, like I said, with, with talking about the STIs or history of STIs in the past, in general, in conversation, just just respect, mutual respect and communication. Just just ask, or maybe, you know, do we want to go together? Um, again, find out whether they have couples testing because, right. you know, a lot of people, I mean, well, not a lot of organizations. Yeah. Some organizations are doing couple testing now and, and try and try to get tested or, hey, you know, can you be my support when I go to the doctors yeah. to get tested? And how about you coming here? You know, I just had a patient last week who um, partner just disclosed to them that they were HIV positive And she asked, you know, when I come in to get tested, is it okay if I bring him? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And they sat together and they both, learned stuff together even though he's positive he learned about how it's going to look for her being negative Mm -hmm. being with him someone that's positive so you know finding the right doctor shopping around and seeing if it's okay but being comfortable um and doing it as you stated in the beginning when when you're ready to do it you know don't have no one pressure you into doing it because it it is a big step because you never know what what you're going to be told and are you prepared are you prepared to hear hear the answer? Mm. You know. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So it's no again, it's no right or wrong um, way to for me to to bring this up. I just feel like it should be brought up. You know, but also with respect, mutual respect. Definitely. I see. I see you. The you. You just like listen. Give me the information. I'm gonna tell you what it is. You very straightforward. <laughs> I am, I am. I, I'm so, it's so bad of me because, like, my friends uh, and, and colleagues, they just know that. Like, I just, I mean, even with my business, I always say I don't sugarcoat sex, but I don't sugarcoat anything. And, I mean, I know sometimes it can be off-putting, but that's me and I own me all the way. Yeah. I, I own I own me all the way. I, I'm right out there. Like, just tell me, you know, tell me what you got to tell me so we can, you know, <laughs> so deal with it afterwards. Just tell me. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, I think you that's know? a strategy. I think that's definitely an approach. I think, you know, just asking straight up, like, hey, when was the last time you got tested? I think another strategy, like you were saying earlier, before y'all, like, when you figure out, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get up in these drawers, then having the conversation close on and being like, hey, you know, I think before we get into this, I think that we should get, I think we should get tested. And, you know, we got testing days on this day. Like, let's go ahead and do this together so we can just get this out the way so we don't have to worry about anything. And, you know, just boom, handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think- agree. I will say, though, that in, in all my years of testing, because I'm also an HIV tester, yeah. is that... You know, it, it was a shock to me a couple of years ago when people were coming in just to get tested and presenting their their HIV negative letter over dinner. Yeah. Like, I'm negative. Yeah. We can have sex now. That shocked the hell out of me because I'm like, you yeah. know, me being so bold, I'm like, I don't even know how I would take that. Like, we're over dinner and you're like, here's this letter. They're trying to let I you know. Like, oh, my really- God, is this a gift certificate to get some shoes? And then to open it up, it's like... Uh, I'm HIV negative. We can have sex now. They try to let you know. You know. They try to let you know what's really good. Okay. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I had to ask them. Like, what's like? You know, I'm again. I'm vocal. I ask. You know, like, <laughs> what's up with this? And they're like, yeah, this all she was worried about. Definitely. So I was like, okay, definitely. All right. I mean, what is your advice to someone who's willing to get tested themselves? And just FYI, just so we're all on the same page, getting tested. Is quite simple. So for gonorrhea and chlamydia, pee in the cup. For HIV, you just do a simple little tiny prick of the finger with the blood draw, and we should be good to go. Um, syphilis, the same thing as well, right? We do a blood test. 
syphilis, I believe that they do do a blood test. I haven't had anyone. I haven't seen a syphilis test in a long time. Yeah, syphilis, they'll do. It's weird, but yeah. I think I think it is a simple. It, I think it is a, a it is a blood test. Yes. yes. The thing I like to do is put it out there up front. Because I think there there's a lot of there are a lot of myths with getting tested, where especially for people with penises, some folks still know the days where they put the huge ass Q tip in the urethra. When that is not the case anymore, <laughs> there are new standards and guidelines. But I am not going to say some people still have some old school clinicians that do it that way. If that is your clinician, you know what? You have permission to pull up your pants and just keep it pushing. But for the most part, yeah. um, it is going to be a urine sample, a blood sample, and we should be good to go. Things like herpes, though, um, yeah. you have to wait. And a mouth for... sample. Don't don't forget about oh, mouth right, and right, anus. Right. The, yes, Please. yes. The... Mouth and anus. A I'm... lot of people have oral sex and do yes. not know that you could get gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis. You know, herpes, all of that in your mouth. Yes. So, whichever I always say, whatever you you engage in, whichever sexual act you engage in, whatever whole get tested. Definitely get yes. tested. And I remember, you know? I remember working in a clinic where they did something called an oral lavage, where they had the person kind of like swish some like mouthwash in the mouths to test, and they put it in like a cup and they test it. So. What we're trying to say out here, y'all, is it's not that painful. Go ahead and get tested. I say that sexually active people need to get tested with every single new partner that they have um, at least once a year. I say do it every six months, um, (laughs) every three to six months, just because there are things that can pop up. And you cannot have sex with someone yesterday and then get tested tomorrow. It don't work work like that, y'all. It don't work like that. Nope. <laughs> so just want because they're going to tell you they're going they're going to test you, but they're going to tell you to come back. Exactly, exactly. So we have to. I think I think some that we are that we're saying is you have to get tested. You have to have the conversation. And I guess I guess what is your advice around a person who you know is open to getting tested themselves, but might have a partner that may be resistant. Do you have any advice around how they can have that conversation with their partner to ease their partner, make their partner feel more comfortable? Because I know I've had partners be like, uh, what are you trying to say? Or, uh, yeah, I'm not, (laughs) I ain't got nothing. Like, what are you accusing me of? And so how do we get through that? Uh, how we get through it and how I tell some clients to get through it yeah. is I always tell them your your test results is not your partner's test results. So regardless of what, however they they choose to act or not act, you still get tested. When you go and get tested, bring that up with your bring that up with the tester and say, hey, do you have any literature I could take back home so that they can read it? You know, just keep trying. But again, you can't force no one to get tested. Yeah. All you can do is protect yourself. Definitely. You know, so if they feel like they don't want to get tested and you're getting tested, you know, again, you know, you if you didn't use condoms, start using them. You yeah. know. You know, bring up that conversation like I'm going to use a condom until, you know, you get tested or I'm going to use this barrier until you get tested. Right. Because I think it's important for us both to be he- healthy and, and and happy. Again, I think I said it throughout this whole podcast, respect, mutual respect. Yeah. You know, don't make too many I statements. We, it's for us. This mm. is for us. We need to get tested. Don't don't make that accusatory don't have that accusatory language when you're talking to someone, yeah. you know, because we automatically go on at defense. Yeah. But th- better make it, this is about us. We need to get tested. Hey, we've been dealing with each other for two weeks, three weeks, a month, a year. Hey, let's get tested and, you know, let's do it together. Or I could go in, I'll let you know how my test results were. You could go in. I had clients do it in every which way to where they came near to get tested together and they and, and one partner chickened out and was like, you know what? We went out to the car. We talked. I'm going to get tested first. Let him know. And then the other person come in. But, you know, you can't force anyone. It's no right or wrong way to, to, to pressure someone into getting tested. Like, right. you just can't. And now we have home kids. 
Um, in yes. Philly, I don't know if you have it in Maryland, but in Philly, we have a, a organization, Do You Philly, under our, under the health department, mm-hmm. that we will actually mail you out free um, STI and um, HIV test. Awesome. And you just mail it back into us, and then we give you a special code, and then that's how you learn your results that way. So we are making it, trying to make it easier for people to do it in the comfort of their home. We just want to make sure that it's being done correctly and that people are reading the results correctly and having the right information. But there are ways out out there that that you can do this with a partner um, that, that does not willingly want to come and get tested for some reason. Definitely. And I, and, and I think we all, we all have to trust our instinct. I think that's oftentimes as health educators, like we can't quantify instinct, <laughs> but I feel yeah. like if, if something's telling you something's not right or something's telling you like, man, I don't know why my partner is so resistant. Sometimes we're going to have to make some difficult decisions because I, I feel like the reason why I'm so passionate about health is because I feel like that that's the only thing that is ours that we can mm-hmm. actually, you know, we can, we can influence. And so my health is my own and I have to look out for myself. I, I got to love myself first before I put myself at risk for anything or I do things I'm not comfortable with. And so if your partner's refusing to wear condoms on top of not getting tested on top of everything else, we Hey, yeah, you have to. You, <laughs> you, yeah, you have to take ownership, and you have to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, and if and we, I, I totally agree, hundred percent. If that person's not willing, then we we're gonna have to make that that decision of like walking away. But also, that's how serious our health is out here, and you know, and 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 like like we're saying, get get that support. So if you're if you're comfortable getting tested. Have, you know, have your partner go in and, and meet someone like our lovely guest here um, to give them some tips and to to talk them through it. Maybe the person's uncomfortable because they don't know how to get mm-hmm. tested or maybe they had all these horror stories about getting tested or maybe they had horror stories about like, OK, well, who's going to find out and where is this information going to be? And there's information about that. It is what is it's confidential, not anonymous if it's positive correct yeah it's, it's yes it's confidential not not anonymous yes no. yes and so, so and, it, and it depending on which site you go to i mean i've heard it two different ways but i know particularly for us it is confidential um but we will let you know you know if it becomes uh positive that we do have to you know let a doctor know and we will have a doctor come in but that's just our protocol to have a doctor come in right in and there and let the patient know about their their choices whether they want to you know go to our clinic or go to another clinic but beyond that that's that's it. You know, some people are afraid that you have to um, I know particularly in Philadelphia everyone's afraid of um, you know, oh, you have to report this to the health department, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so that's a barrier for some people, too. It's going to be reported. They're going to come out. Because we have a such thing in Philadelphia as DIS workers, mm-hmm. where if someone tests positive for any STI or STD, and they name you as a person that they had uh, slept with, that uh, they actually by any means come out and try to find you to bring you in and get tested. So we have we're working around that in Philadelphia of people being scared of that. Yeah. So that's a barrier in in and of self of people getting tested. And and myself and some of my colleagues, you know, we constantly meet with them and 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 have that conversation with them like you cannot use this bully tactic. We want the person to come in but right. you cannot use that bully tactic right. because that's scaring them even more from right. coming in. Right. Like, what if I come in? What are you going to do to me? How is my information going to be exposed? That's if right. people see me walk in this clinic, you know, it, it's a lot of, like, what you were just saying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And <laughs> I got one more question, I think. <laughs> yes. How can, how can folks, if they, if they do test positive for STI, how can folks go about, what am I looking for? How can folks go about protecting themselves as well as their partners in future encounters? If you do test, test positive for yeah. STI or mm-hmm. STD, take all your medicine as prescribed. Mm-hmm. 
that that's something common, you know, that people do not do. They may take it once or twice and be like, oh, oh you know, I'm cleared up. I don't have to take the rest. No, take medicine. First step is always take the medicine as prescribed and use um, protection. Again, ask the doctor, when is it okay for me to have sex? Because depending on certain STIs and certain STDs, the medications, it's okay to have uh, sex protected, you know, right away. But it's others that you cannot, that the medicine um, decreases the efficacy of the condom. So, you know, you want to be, you want to be very careful about that and have that, and have that conversation. But again, definitely when you test positive for STI or STD, the most uh, primary way to take care of yourself is to take your medication and use protection at first, you know. Um, and then, depending on what you have, we, we can go on for there. Again, herpes is, again, it's some people out here that's living with herpes. And I bring herpes up because it's, herpes is just one of them ST, STIs that, you know, is skin-to-skin contact. Mm-hmm. So whether you use protection or not, it's your you you you're putting yourself at risk to 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 acquire herpes mm-hmm. because of skin to skin contact and as we know a condom only protects a certain part of your body yeah you know it doesn't protect the whole area of your of your body and as I stated in the beginning you can also get herpes on your hand so with herpes that entails a little more education about you know whether whether you're going to have um, uh, frequent outbreaks. Um, what can you do to lessen your outbreaks yeah. and how to have that conversation with your partner around, you know, when I am having an outbreak, you know, we cannot have sex or we, you know, we have to be careful about, you know, how, how we engage in, um, in sex. So it's, it's a little more in, intel, but again, I always tell people take your medicine and use protection until, you know, the, the STI is clear unless you do have a permanent STI or STD such as HIV or herpes. Absolutely. Woo! That was some good information. Yeah, it's very heavy stuff. I really wanted to be funny about it, but this is not a funny topic at all. Like, I, mean, I just it's a, it's feel a, like people should yeah. should really, you know, really pay more attention to STIs and STDs, especially, you know, like we were saying, we talked a lot about HIV and how HIV now is is the medicines are, are keeping you from, from passing it along, mm-hmm. but those medicines do not protect you from from ST, STIs and STDs. Uh, so yes, we still okay, have so. a, a lot of education to do. Yeah. No, I think, um, I think as folks who, folks, I think folks who don't have STIs or STDs, I think that, you know, the messaging needs to be, yo, everyone, no matter what, go ahead and get tested. Even if, and I think this is what, like what you're saying in your work, even if folks, even if folks might have an STI and they're like, yeah, I know I got whatever, or I know I got HIV, you can have multiples at the same time. So we still need to protect ourselves we still need to have conversations we still want to ensure that we're taking our medicine as 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 prescribed and we're not taking somebody else's medicine like don't take your girl don't take your girl's medicine because i've had i've seen that happen where the you know the girlfriend will come with come home and and they're like hey i got this i got this thing this is the medication and y'all splitting pills no no, unless no. there are some clinics out there that will give you a prescription for your partner as well, but to split your yeah. your medication, no, don't no, it's a no, don't do that. Yeah. So we got to take. Yeah. We got we got we got work to do. I mean, just like anything, we have work to do around the stigma. We have work to do around the conversations, and by no means are any of them easy but we can do it and that's the thing I think we've got to this defeatist way of and scary way of talking about about STDs for so long that it's like ah this is the most terrible thing when it's not yeah it's not y'all we could do it and if you need a place to get tested you can go on stdcheck.com you can just put in your zip code um, and get some information that way. If you want to learn more about STDs in general, you can go on gettested.cdc.gov. You can go on Planned Parenthood's website. 
Um, you can go on HIV.gov. There are so many free testing sites um, that you can go to. And there's so many awareness days out there. You could just go ahead on, walk in, get tested. Easy peasy, not painful. <laughs> and, and get your results going. Yes. <sighs> yes. So, Nakia, I had a really good time talking to you. Where can we find you? How can we support your work? Do you have any upcoming events? Give us all your stuff. Well, I don't have any upcoming events at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I am planning some in the future. However, in the meantime, please go to Instagram, and you can follow me at prevention underscore is underscore key. I'm also on Facebook, Prevention is Key Consultant, LLC. And I will be posting in the future um, some events that I'm planning on having. But this has been a wonderful talk, and I love, I love, I love, when I say I love, I love to talk about stuff like this. Um, And I also, again, being a social worker, I always tell people that, you know, we're taught self-disclosure is not good, but I do. I mean, because I want people to know that I'm human. I'm not just this degree and certificate person you know i am a human being and i i i have sex right and you know and 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 i think that makes it i think it makes it um more relatable that you know that you're talking to someone who is also professional but who is also real i'm a real human being um i'm I'm, i will lie to you if i say that you know i i i have it I use condoms 100%. No. Right. You know, I would lie to you if I say that I never ever had an STI or experienced how scary it is to be told you have one. Right. You know, I mean, even with someone you trusted, that would be a lie. Right. Um, and, again, I've dated several people who had STDs, and I know firsthand how scary it is to hear that a partner has an STD or STI and how scary it is for them to tell you. So, uh, I, I, Vanessa, I thank you, thank you, thank you for this opportunity to speak a little bit about myself, about mm-hmm. my business, and what I love to do every day for the past 10 years. Um, and I'm hoping to be a, a, a guest again. Yes, yes, yes. Before you leave, because I know I held you much longer than I anticipated, I'm sorry. How do you build your badgesty? How do I build my vagistine? And just to let you know, vagistine is basically the concept by which I believe that if one builds the confidence of and in their vulva or vagina, I believe that that confidence leads to a healthy and satisfying sex life. So in that respect, I build my vagistine by owning owning my pussy. I do. I own it. I own it 100%. A lot of people be like, don't say that word, but I own my pussy. I own it because it is attached to me. I own the way it looks. I own the way it smells. I own everything about it. And I just want vagina having people to do the same. Own it. Don't let anyone say, oh, your labia is too long. Oh, this doesn't look like how it look on a porn. Well, I'm not that person on a porn. Like, this is me. And it, it does the same thing. Yeah. It's not better. <laughs> you know? So that's yes. how I own my vagistine. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Thank you for being open with us. And thanks for having these courageous conversations with us. No problem. Thank you so much. Yay!